Pushkin. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Yeah, well, like I said, let me ask you a question. Do you warm up before you do the shows? Of course not. I don't even know what that looks like. Well, I'll show you because that is important. And, you know, and as I'm saying that, of course, the little voice at the back of my mind is saying, you don't warm up, Eric. (laughs) Why are you telling her she should? Well, I'm telling you because you really should. Yes, no, and I will do it. Say say this. Say um seven times in a row go me may 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 Good. So I would say to you take a little bit deeper breath so you don't think about running out of air as you're doing it. So now do it again with a deeper breath. Me may 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 Hey slight changers. That's Eric Vitro. He's a vocal coach to some of the most famous pop stars in the world. And you just heard him giving me some tips for how to keep my voice fresh for a slight change of plans. Eric shares his secret sauce for making the stars shine on his new Pushkin show, Backstage Pass. And I wanted to invite him on to talk about the inspiration for his show. Eric, I'm so delighted to have you on a slight change of plans to talk about Backstage Pass and... I want to give you a little backstage glimpse into the first time that I heard about you. Um, so we have a mutual friend, Michael Lewis, and I was at his home for a dinner and he said, hey, Maya, I'm um, I'm doing this really cool new thing for my podcast. I'm actually learning how to sing. And I'm like, Michael, stay in your lane, buddy. All right. <laughs> like, come on. I, I was worried that he was having some sort of Michael Jordan basketball to baseball pivot. I was like, writing's right. your forte. You're crushing it. Like, whatever. Um, but then he said, no, 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 no. This is like legit. I'm working with Eric Vitro, who has coached people like Ariana Grande and Sean Mendez and John Legend. And my ears perk up because I'm a pop star fanatic. Um, but then my second thought is, 
leave it to Michael Lewis <laughs> for his first voice lesson ever in the world to be with the best voice teacher of all time. Like, of course, right? Um, and so I, I listened to the the voice coaching episode that you did with him. And it was enchanting. I mean, it was so delightful, first of all, to see my friend oh. whose vocal abilities I had very much underestimated. No offense, Michael. Uh. <laughs> um, he and I share poor vocal ability. Um, but yeah, it was such a delight to see um, your pedagogy shine through, you know, and um, I was so delighted when I found out that Pushkin was going to make this into a show, you know? Um, so oh. so that's how I heard about you. And, and as you know, I'm a huge fan of your show, but I would love it if you could just share with listeners more about the inspiration for Backstage Pass from, from your perspective. Oh, okay. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much <laughs> for that intro. And, you know, I, I would love to, before I talk about Backstage Pass, just say to you, your podcast is so brilliant and so important. I mean, I'll just tell you personally, for me, I've seen a lot of people have to pivot in their life because something happens. And I know your story that you injured your hand, but that changed you from having a career as a violinist, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I remember when I heard about your podcast, I was like, oh my God, I have to listen to this. This is amazing. And uh, when I went to NYU, I was a music major at NYU, there was somebody at the music school who was just not a very nice person. He just was always angry. And, 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 and at one point I realized he seemed angriest at people who played the piano. And that seemed odd to me. And one day I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, he is so nasty. I just don't like him. He's so mean. And, and they said, well, you know, after what happened to him? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. He was on a real path. He was a very, very gifted pianist. And he was on his way to becoming a major concert pianist. And the irony of the fact that he was at his piano teacher's apartment and there was an accident and the nerves of both hands were severed and he could never play again. And they said, so you just got to cut him some slack. And and I did, you know, have a lot of empathy for him. I couldn't imagine how awful that must have been and how dramatic and all of that. But by the same token, I used to always think in my head, but he could have turned that into, you know, being more empathetic to people and kinder to people and do something else. Why does he have to be so mean? So when I heard your show, it immediately brought, I hadn't thought about him or that for years, but I thought about it. I thought, this is a brilliant show because it really shows people that sometimes we're spun into a different direction can be a much better direction that really puts our life on a much better, richer path. So anyway, my hat's off to you. It's really a great podcast and I love it. So I just had oh. to say that and get it out of the <laughs> Thank way. Thank you so much for saying that. I really yeah, appreciate it's uh, that amazing. you're amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so Backstage Pass. Well, all because of our friend, Michael Lewis. <laughs> I know. You know. I was talking to him one day and said, you know, I'd like to write a book and include some of my experiences with my students, what I've learned from them, what they've learned from me, but what we've seen that happens as you're going along in life, you know, because careers take on, oh, so many different aspects that you would never even dream of when you're just like a, a music student in school or taking voice lessons, you just don't know what's involved in building a big career and maintaining your voice and maintaining the career. And he, but I, I never wanted to write that because that would be an infringement on my personal relationship with them, you know? So I just thought, well, that doesn't feel right. And I don't want to go to them and say, can I talk about this incident or can I talk about that? And he said, Eric, everything you're talking about really should be a podcast. And I realized, oh, yeah, if they're talking about it and they're saying it, 
then it's okay because it's their choice. It's their words, it's their voice. And so that's what really got me excited about doing it. And the other thing was that each person I called said almost the exact same thing. Ariana, Sean, Camila, all of them said, wow, I wish I had this when I was younger. I wish I could have heard pop stars that I looked up to or artists of any kind, songwriters and artists, talking about what it took for them to get there or what it is, you know, just even John Legend talking about what he eats before mm. a performance. That's really helpful to people to go, oh, let me try that. Let me do that, you know? And I'm hoping that in their stories, even though it's about them and their career and, and it's a vocal career, that it's inspiring to anybody who's listening to go, well, if these people who have a lot of talent, let's face it, I mean, Ariana Grande was born with a beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. But if you find out that she is working at it so hard, so many hours, thinking about it all day before she goes on stage performing, she doesn't just wake up and sing, she really works at it. I'm hoping that'll be inspirational to everybody listening, whatever their career is, to go, oh, I'm gonna put in more time and effort into my own career. So I'm hoping it's inspirational on that level. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And one thing that really resonated with me about the show is that it does transcend the specifics of voice and music. It, it's really about perseverance when it comes to achieving our long-term goals. And it, it's so top of mind for me right now because actually the episode that will follow this, this uh, promo for your show is an interview I did with Professor Angela Duckworth, and she's made an entire career out of studying grit and, and what it takes to really get to these elite levels. And what you find is that, like you said, exactly, talent will only get you so far. The sustained focus and deliberate practice and attention and care and, you know, Ariana Grande, whatever, taking vocal rest when she wants to be hanging out with her friends, you know, like just constant management of, of your, your faculties. I mean, I think that's basically a core part of every person who achieves world-class levels in anything. And society is so seduced by raw talent. We just, we're, we love the idea. Oh, she just has a special something about her. Oh, he's got it. He's a natural. Um, but then what your show's doing is it's pulling back the curtain and saying, okay, sure. They got a bit of a head start because they've certainly, well, they got a lot of a head start because they've got remarkable talent. However, when you look at the grit behind the scenes, I mean, you will never say uh, that they had an easy rise to the top. Not at all. And to find out, you know, even like the episode with John Legend, you know, he has been successful for so many years doing concerts and recordings and everything else. The fact that he's taking voice lessons now to improve yes. and to be able to maintain his voice. To me, that's so inspirational. That says anybody in whatever field they're doing, we need to stay on top of it. We need to keep ourselves up. If, if you're a doctor, you want to keep up with all the medical advances that are being made. You can't just go, oh, I learned that in college and then that's it. I don't need to study anything else or learn anything else. And so that's what I'm hoping that it really, anybody listening goes, oh, wow, if these people are doing that and they're reaching that high level of success. How can I apply that in my own life? Mm. You know? You know, Eric, you have you have such an intimate relationship with with these stars and it comes through in the vulnerability that they show on Backstage Pass. And I, I, I want to know, what's something new that you feel you learned from some of your guests that actually had never come through in, in, in the friendships that you had shared with them or the, you know, the voice lessons you had had, but that only became present when you're recording the show? 
You know, there's not so much that I've learned as much as it's reinforced or reminded me of. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm so much in the present. I try to really stay in the present moment. What's going on? What's going on with someone's voice right now? That sometimes I don't think about the past. And so when I've been talking to these people, you know, who are my students and we've been through a lot together and they bring up things from the past it triggers a lot of memories in me. And I go, oh yeah, we really have come a long way so that I'm looking at them where they are right now, what's going on with their voice and how to help them right now, this moment for the future. But when they talk about things in the past, it's really renewed all of that feeling of, oh wow, we really accomplished a lot and did so much together. And it's such a great feeling because they'll say, thank you, I couldn't have done this without you. And I always go, Well, but it's you, your talent, without your talent, without your dedication, without you working hard, you wouldn't have gotten here. But when they bring it up and say it, then it it really, it it makes my heart sing. I really get excited (laughs) by that because it's it's a wonderful feeling to know how appreciative they are. Mm. Yeah, you know, Sean Sean Mendez referred to you as his therapist, (laughs) first and foremost, right? And in the interview you did with him and what do you think it is about the voice that ends up fostering such an intimate relationship between voice coach and student? Well, I think it's there's a couple of reasons why that happens. One is that you are vulnerable with your voice, you know, because it, especially if you're a singer or you're an artist and you really, that's what you want to do with your career. That's what you want to do with your life. That be, that's your instrument and it's really valuable to you because it becomes everything to you. It's not only your mm-hmm. way of communicating with your friends and family, but it's communication with the world, you know? And your voice, you get so, because you hear it all the time. We are hearing our voice constantly. And people who perform hear it not only in their head, but on recordings, they watch themselves on videos. So they're constantly aware of how their voice sounds and they want it to sound the best they can. So when they're working with someone who can help them with that and help them improve it, I think you become bonded in a way that they're not going to be bonded with everybody else. They'll be bonded with other people in different ways, but we have a special bond that they're not going to share with anybody else because no one will be as invested in their voice, taking care of their voice and improving their voice as much as I am. And then I think also when you spend a lot of time with people, you know, some of these people I see quite often, like when they're on tour, I'll see them every single day of the tour on FaceTime, usually mostly on FaceTime, where we're not just talking about their voice, but what's going on in their life that's affecting their voice. You know, well, I had a hard day because or such and such happened or, you know, they're human beings and and things happen to them. Breakups happen, arguments happen, fights, disappointments, all of that. And that all affects our voice. You know, it really does. You know, even if you have to tell someone, let's say you have to tell someone something very difficult, you might get that lump in your throat and it's hard to even speak. Well, they might have gone through that minutes before now (laughs) we're warming up to do a show. And so uh, we have to figure out a way to get by it. So I'm always kind of talking and guiding them through that as well. And, And you become a listening uh, board as well, which, you know, a therapist does. A therapist listens a lot. And then, you know, sometimes is able to offer good advice, helpful advice. So I think that's what really bonds us together. Mm. Yeah, our voices are so entangled with our, our day-to-day lives and our emotional states and and everything we're bringing to the table. Um, you know, in my own life, I'll say I 
I'd always taken my voice for granted, never even really thought about it. And then I think it was just a couple years ago, I started having a lot of vocal strain and um, I was getting pain in my vocal cords. I was, I was struggling to talk. I was hearing some of the, at times, some of the rasp in, in my voice. And I saw an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and I saw a speech therapist. And they diagnosed me with being so excited when I talk, I forget to breathe. <laughs> wow. So well, that's a thing. I, so that's a thing. So I, with, with a therapist for, for weeks, um, I had to re- train myself and learn better vocal habits, learn how to take breaths and pauses. And I learned so much about about my voice from that experience and how my voice was something that actually had to be nurtured. And um, it's so interesting. It's like there were times where I couldn't speak at all. There were times where I had to be extremely judicious with what I said for the first time ever. Usually I have just stream of consciousness flow, right? And for the first time ever, I had to be like, wait, is this worth saying? <laughs> and so that was the filter <laughs> that my that my thoughts had to go through. Um, but then secondly, when I was speaking, I was speaking in this like very meditative, calm way where my voice was a little bit, you know, slower paced. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was this doppelganger version of Maya <laughs> out there that was roaming the streets right. that everybody was misunderstanding. They were like, wow, people would say like, Maya, you have such a calming presence. Like you're, you seem so grounded and centered. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is just me <laughs> practicing care what my voice. voice therapist preaches. And so it also helped me realize how foundational, um, the way that I'm able to express myself to the world is and in, in terms of conveying my personality and and my natural exuberance uh, and, what, and what have you. So it, it's been a struggle. I mean, I still have issues with vocal fatigue. Um, I'm not a singer. I'm not operating at high levels of anything, but my voice is really something that I need to protect and, and take care of every day. It's this beautiful gift that I've been given. Yeah. Well, first of all, we need to do a lesson so I can help you with some of those things because you shouldn't be experiencing pain or anything else. So we'll do that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that the key and all of it is, you know, I always say to my students, let's work on your technique and our lessons and then all of our warmups. But when you get out on stage, I don't want you to think about any of that. Mm -hmm. You work on the technique before that, you know, so that it just gets in your body. And then you don't have to think about it when you're actually speaking, because that is going to be a hindrance between you and your audience. If you're thinking about it, you know, I better stay a little more calm, speak a little lower, take a deeper breath. You know, my my listeners know that is not my style. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a listener. So I know that. Thanks so much to Eric Vitro for coming on A Slight Change of Plans to talk about his new show. I wanted to leave you all with a preview of Backstage Pass. In this clip, singer-songwriter Sean Mendez talks about getting out of his own head and letting go of his anxiety. I think the hardest part of singing is getting out of your own way, is dropping the ego and like just being a kid about it. Like When you're a kid, you just sing. When you're an adult, you're like singing, but at the same time also like critiquing and judging and like afraid. And one of the most amazing leaps we made as a duo was the day I was like realizing I was like not letting you tell me 
what the real objective thing was because I was so afraid and so anxious and I was like, no, 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 yeah, yeah, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I wasn't listening to my teacher. I was like, I just have to get through it out of so much anxiety. And then you're like, I really think you should trust me. That wasn't yeah. that long ago. I uh, know. Yeah. And I feel like once I really like started to just like trust you and trust the process and trust me, my voice started to open up more. Not only your voice, but don't you feel better as a human being? I mean, like I said, it's parallel to like to life in general. I love when we are just like cruising. Like I think for me, it's become a meditation too because I put my phone down for an hour. I just basically have headphones and I can only hear you and the piano. And I can be so focused on just the notes and my breathing and very present in my body. And you and I are very just zoned in and calm. It's a beautiful experience. I find a lot of the time I end up leaving the vocal lesson calmer. The whole thing was a very zen moment, even in the silence mm -hmm. when we're breathing. I love those moments because that feels like the only hour of the day where things move that slow and carefree. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah when people can let go, it makes all the difference in the world. And like you said, be able to open your mind and go, all right, so tell me what to do and I'll do it and I'll trust it. Because if you can't trust your teacher, then who can you really trust? Totally. I mean, I think singers are so emotionally attached to their voice that sometimes we'll be backstage at an award show and we'll spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes warming up and then another 40 minutes just talking about the heart and calming down and getting into the right frame of mind to be able to do this. Even in our lessons, you end up accomplishing more when you're in the right frame of mind than doing an hour worth of scales stressed out and, and frustrated. And I think being a vocal coach, it's much more than going through scales with someone. I always call Eric my vocal coach slash therapist because <laughs> you're never like just doing one thing that's what you are in my phone your your bio is voice teacher slash therapist <laughs> well someone did say in an interview once i was their vocal life coach it's true you really are i love that phrase vocal life coach i thought that was one of the biggest compliments i had ever gotten because my lessons aren't always about vocal placement sometimes the most important thing is helping a student get mentally ready for a show something that helps me a lot is that I say to myself before a vocal lesson, I say to myself before a performance at the Grammys that this is just play. It's art. This is music. This is love. This is something that was created to make people feel. It sounds crazy, but sometimes the pressure in a vocal lesson that I put on myself is equivalent to the pressure backstage at the Grammys. And it's because they're the same thing to me. You got to sound perfect. Working on that on kind of toning that perfectionism down has been a really big part of my life. Yeah, I would actually say you're more nervous during our voice lessons than you are at award shows. Yeah, totally. Yeah, at an award show, you kind of have no choice, but at a voice lesson, I can be like, I can't do this, I can't do this today. <laughs> and then I get more nervous. I can psych myself out a little bit more. I'm, already, I'm even sitting here right now being like, I'm talking too much, I'm gonna be tired for a vocal lesson in an hour. <laughs> so I find even if I'm doing a lesson, the thing that helps me the most is that if I'm three warm-ups in 
and I'm starting to feel myself get that perfectionist kind of vibe going on. My tunnel vision is going in. I just kind of shake my body like crazy and I go, but I'll start like, <laughs> whatever, like to like laugh to get myself out of that little thing. It's like snapping myself out before I go into that perfectionist place. I say to myself in that moment, it's just fun. This is just play. Let's just have fun, you know? That was a clip from Backstage Pass with Eric Vitro. You can listen to more episodes of Backstage Pass wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, I broke my my own cardinal rule this morning by having cream in my coffee, which always causes a lot of phlegm and mucus. And I did it to myself. But it was you worth know, but, it, Eric. It was worth it. Oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> was I had so cream good. in coffee, too, this morning. Yeah, the only difference but, between you and me is I have cream in my coffee every day. <laughs> well, I, I do way too I often. <laughs> I do way too often. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.